0: Hello everybody, it's your favorite Mustache Yodotaku, the Manic Mustache coming at you pre-recorded and live. That's right, once again tonight I am joined by myself, yes. Remember to look us up on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, hopefully soon the Apple Podcasts, wherever wherever finer podcasts are found. Leave a like, leave a five-star review if you like what you're hearing, share it with a friend. Let us know you care. Follow us and uh, follow us on Twitter at treehouse duo. That's right. Slide into our DMs. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Hell, tell us what we're doing right. Probably what we're doing wrong. I just I'm I'm trying my best here. I just want to make this a better show for you, for me, for everybody. Mostly me. Cuz I'm doing this for me. It's wild, right? I'm just doing it for me, not for you. It just gives me a reason to just to to scream into a microphone. Because that's all I seem to be able to do because it's just, it's wild out there. It's very wild. The world's coming to an end. Dogs and cats living together, as I've said before. But it's also Movember. That's right. Men's health. I'll still be talking again about exercise, diet. I actually started getting back into exercising this week. Um, last couple days, been doing a little uh, cardiovascular exercising, trying my best to... Um, To do better. I think that's the big thing we're trying to do now. At least I am. Do better. I don't care about everything else. I don't care about um, the rest of the world because they don't care about me. But um, I think it's very important that we all try to do better for ourselves so that we can do better for our families. If you have a family. If you don't, well, maybe you need to do better to get a family. Find that purpose in life. I know I haven't. But the good news is it's November. Get ready for turkey, gravy, stuffing. I love stuffing. Actually, I don't love stuffing. I love my dad's stuffing. My old man makes probably the best stuffing known to man, at least in my humble opinion. It's mostly because it has, well, meat in it. It's mostly like meat. I mean, it's like meat, and then he just kind of throws some some breadcrumbs on it and then jams it in the bird after it's nice and cooked, and then we just pretend like it's stuffing. And by meat I mean giblets. My mother buys about 45 pounds of uh, of turkey giblets, chop it all up, and uh, throw that in the in the in, in like one bag of uh, of breadcrumbs, and there you go, patented stuffing. Now we of course spice it up with some celery, onions, garlic. You know, take all that. Hell, you know what? That's what we're gonna do right now. Here is my stuffing recipe. Well, it's not my stuffing recipe. I stole it from my father. It's a family secret, but I'm going to give it to you out there. And that's um like I said, you take the giblets, chop them all up. That's the hearts, the the gizzards, the livers, just take it all, chop it all up, right? Set that off to the side. Then you get all the then you get all your your your, your aromatics, your your garlic, your onions. First you throw them onions in the pan, chop them up of course before you do that some chopped onions, throw them in the pan, get those things fried up a little bit, get your uh, ground cumin, comino, throw that in there, because that's one of the things a lot of people mess up with, with comino, is um, they don't fry it, they just kind of throw it on there, like, there you go, no, you gotta fry that thing, get it, get get the, fl- coax all the flavors out of it, um then like i said get that frying a little then you got like i said once the onions become a little translucent that's when you throw in that uh that the the uh, cumin then once all that's fried up real good celery i prefer a finely diced celery my father on the other hand prefers big ass chunks me personally i hate celery but if you chop it up small enough i'm all right with it so you choose throw that in the pan stir it up now, right before, right after that, right before you're about to put them giblets in there, that's when you throw in that minced garlic, all right? Mince it up real fine. That's the thing. A lot of people, they throw in the garlic first. No, no, no. The last aromatic that you fry up is that garlic. Because you take, put it in too long, it burns. It, it doesn't burn. It just it don't taste right, all right? That's the last thing you put in. After you put in that celery, get it all stirred together, celery's starting to, starting to get, change that color, Boom, throw in that garlic, stir it up. Now, now, here's the good part. Get them giblets. They're all cu- cut up real nice. Throw them bad boys in there, brown it off, get it all tasty. Then, only then, once that crust has come on that pan there, right, got that little crust going, take yourself some sherry wine or, like I've been liking to do, um, vodka or bourbon, depending on what you like, all right? Find yourself a nice alcohol that you're cooking with whatever you're cooking with use that because you know how to use it deglaze the pan get it all get all that goodness that's kind of stuck the pan get it off the bottom of that pan get it all up then once that alcohol is cooked off a little bit of uh turkey stock throw that in there get it all nice and and bubbly then get your breadcrumbs however you want to do it hell if you want to use stovetop use stovetop me personally i like to use a uh a nice a seasoned breadcrumb, a crouton, if you will. Throw them bad boys in there, get it all mixed up, get it that stuffing consistency, set it off to the side, wait for that bird to be done. Then you jam all that in the bird. Please, for the love of God, this is my only request for everybody out there that, uh, that, is, that is touching you with the hand of the manic mustache. And that is, do not... Cook that stuffing in that bird. I know a lot of people want to do that. Don't do it. You want to know why? Because that it's a salmonella sponge. And sometimes that that middle part, when you get all them that, that stuffing together, that middle part it soaks up all that you know turkey, and um, that's the problem right there. Actually, I I I'm gonna do something better. See, you cook your turkey, and you take that once you get that turkey done. See, here's the thing. You don't even have to throw them breadcrumbs in yet, all right? Once all that stuff's fried off, hell, I'm going to take a step back. You fry up your giblets with those aromatics and the onions and the celery and the garlic, right? Then you set that pan off to the side. Once you got it deglazed, set it off to the side. Just leave it alone because what you're going to do is once that turkey's done, you take it out of that roasting pan. and maybe, Maybe you're deep frying your turkey, and if you are, you're doing it all wrong, boys and girls, all right? Even when you smoke a turkey, put it in the pan. So all them drippings, all that good turkey juice gets put into that thing. Then you take them turkey juices, you put it in, you put it in there with them giblets, you cook it up good, right? Get it to a boil, then you throw them breadcrumbs in there. You're welcome. That's the best stuffing recipe I know. Measurements, eyeball it. I could give them to you, but that's the secret. That's your secret. I think that's every family secret, right? At least that was grandma's. She just started cooking since she was like, you know, four and a half, because that's what women did back then, just cooked. Like you weren't allowed to do anything else. It's just like you learned how to cook and clean and raise a family and keep a household, and you just had to magically uh, learn how to do accounting too. That's one of the things that I found amazing too growing up is that uh, a lot of the uh, older retired, I mean technically retired women, they were all accountants technically. Bookkeepers, I guess was the right word that it was. And that was because they they all had to keep their households. Once the kids went off and became grown-ups, um, they needed something to do. So they went out and got jobs as secretaries and accountants and and bookkeepers, as it were. And they were really good at it. Why were they good at keeping the books? Because they kept the books for the house. That's one of the things that, that that's funny in this new world order. And I'm everywhere. I know it. But it's Thanksgiving. We need to be thankful for something. What I'm thankful for is is the people I grew up around, the people that raised me. And I used to watch it, and maybe I'm not thankful for them because I used to watch, you know, I used to watch them do stuff and and teach me things, and gave me expectations. And now that I'm a grown up, there are those expectations are dead. You kidding? If I were to, if I were to even pretend like, hey, I'm looking for a woman that can, you know. Keep a household, raise a family. Well, I go out and bring home the bacon. That's not something that's happening anymore. And that's okay if you are somebody that wants that or somebody who doesn't. That's your decision. I'm looking for someone that is. That's to be that's the honest to God truth. Is that I'm looking for a partner in this life that can fill in my shortcomings. One of the things that I have found out in, in relationships at least at least the good ones it's, it's not a 50-50 split it's 100% it's 100-100 it's two people giving 100% giving the best that they can bringing their bringing their best game to a household whether that was raising the family keeping the books cutting the yards or cleaning the house that's what that's what everyone did you came together you raised the family together and I'm worried about that, mostly for the next generation between the all of this, you know, gender roles and gender swapping and, and and what's the word I'm looking for here? Just chaos. People wanting to tear down the institutions that have that have done so well for so many people. And maybe they didn't do good for you. Maybe that's why you need to do something else. But that doesn't mean that you have to tell other people that, hey, you're wrong for wanting whatever it is. We're not going to tell you you're wrong here in the Half Baked Treehouse. We're just going to give you better ideas and hope that you hope and pray that you're able to take those ideas into the world and um, make better people of yourself and, and others. And that's really all we can do in life. And I think that's what Thanksgiving is about. So, of course, we're going to, I'm going to be giving little recipes, I guess, too, now that I've brought that up. We're gonna do recipes for, for for Thanksgiving. Little things that we that I do in my that we do in our family here on the on uh, um, here at the compound, we um we have traditions. And one of them, like I said, is the stuffing tradition. And everybody looks forward to uh to my own man's stuffing. That's the centerpiece, believe it or not. Turkeys, we we we, we do a good turkey because we're just good cooks here. And um, the ham, well, we got to get that honey-baked ham because I just love me some sweet ham. And I make cranberry sauce because that's what you're supposed to do, apparently. Nobody eats it because it's just weird. But back to our health as men. Talked about diet. Now we're talking about exercise. What I'm doing is I'm actually just dusted off the, uh, the punching bag Got some hand wraps, even with strong hand. I found out I was able to still throw a punch and I feel pretty good about it. That was my biggest fear, my biggest concern when all of this happened with strong hand. I cut my, you know, when I cut myself. And uh, I was worried there were certain things I wasn't going to be able to do. There are certain things I can't do. Uh, Percussions, I can't, I'm not a very, I, I, I was barely a percussionist. Now I'm, can't do it at all. At least certain things that I used to do before. And... I have at least been able to acknowledge that and I have been able to move on and find new things to do. Um and one of the things I found I can do is I'm, I I could still throw some punches. I can still punch that bag and I like doing that. Working the punching bag, it feels good. It's satisfying. Put that bag put another bag up against, you know, uh the wall, you know, nice little post there and I just start, you know, throwing some kicks getting a lather up, getting that sweat going. And that's what you need to do is, is get that sweat going. And if you can do that, and that's really all you got to do. I think that's very important. A lot of people, they try to push too hard and hurt themselves. Once you get that sweat going, just kind of stop there and take it again the next day. So that way you're able to uh, improve, do better, continue on that journey. Because like I said, too many people, they, they work too hard for no reason and they hurt themselves. And then they're not, they don't stick with it. And like I said, with diet, even with exercise, you need to find some, the best exercise you can do is the one that's gonna that's the one that you're going to do. And that's the one that's going to get you healthy. That's the one that's going to get you in shape. That's the one that's going to better your health. For me, that's, like I said, just beating on a punching bag. And it's not to get out the aggression. I'm not angry. But it's just to do something. It feels good. I like it like next thing I'm going to be doing down there in the in the basement, as it were, is, uh, you know, maybe throw down a wrestling mat. Work with uh, Mr. Peanut. Get the house mouse in there. Hell, might even bring in a monkey. I don't know. But it's something to be done. And it's good to include your children's if you got them. If you don't got them, then, well, don't include them, I guess. But let's get into what's going on in the world today. What's going on in the world today? Well, we've already talking about Kyle. we've already talked Kyle Rittenhouse to death. I mean, what else can I say about this trial? He's innocent. Um, the prosecutor's getting slapped up and down for different reasons. And for the most part, I'm just gonna say he is, like I said, Kyle Rittenhouse. In my opinion, is innocent, at least through the evidence that I've seen. Um. With the hours of trial. And um, now it's just kind of wait and see uh, what's going to happen. Like, basically, it's just now for me, in my opinion, closing arguments. Wait for the uh, uh, tr- the uh, jury to deliberate and see what they say. That's the only... owl. Knock strong hand up against this thing again. But that's really all we can do is um, wait. And I I don't know what else. I genuinely don't know what else to do with that trial. And if you're not following it, that's fine. If you didn't follow it, don't have to. The only reason I really followed that trial and and I'm still following it is to watch the media narratives. I'm trying to find people and news outlets and and commentators that are that are covering it honestly. Um I've been kind of off the young Turks train for a while because they're just honestly in my opinion, humble opinion recently is they've been off the rails. But um one of the things I can say Anna Kasparian came out and apologized and said, you know, she was wrong. And uh, different with, with new evidence. And she is, um since come to the, come to the, what's the word? What was it? There was the dark side, the light, the light. She's seen the light, I guess it is. And it's not even seen the light. It's that even here in the half-baked treehouse, we get things wrong. And that's why we say, fact check me. Don't listen to me. You don't have to. If I say something and you think it's wrong, go out and fact check it. That is very important that we continue to go out, learn things, get information, bring it in. And the, the more you bring it in, the more that you can understand it, the better. And that way, at least you as an individual can say, hey, I can trust this outlet. I can trust this commentator. And then every now and then you spot check them huh, they said this. Let me look into that. What do you know? They were right. Okay. And I think that's important. That, and it, and it's true, a lot of these independent uh, outlets, commentators, journalists, if you will, they go out and, and when they get it wrong, they they go out and say, my bad, I got it wrong and then when and then when people apologize genuinely apologize for something that they got wrong we as a community as people need to acknowledge that and say hey good job there buddy I'm glad you i'm glad that you were able to see the error of your ways someone who hasn't who who is going to be seeing the error in their ways which i'm not sure what that's going to mean at this point is um well Alec Baldwin. And um for those of you who don't know what's going on with Alec Baldwin, he um he shot somebody. And uh we're still waiting to hear what that means, I guess. Cuz I'm still not sure what that means. I mean all we know are the facts right now. The facts are, Alec Baldwin shot Helena Hutchins. How that bullet got in that gun, we don't know. And I already gave you guys the greatest conspiracies and 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 possibilities. I think uh, before, but until we can get all that, um, it's just kind of a sit and wait situation. And who knows? I'm 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 keeping an eye on it. I promise you that. So even though I haven't talked about it for a while and I keep on saying it, once again, rule number one of firearms, prop or fake, rubber, airsoft, paintball, always treat it like it's loaded. It's very important. Number two, keep your finger off the trigger. Keep that freaking dirty booger hook off that trigger until you're ready to pull that smoke wagon. Until you're ready to pull the trigger on that smoke wagon. That's what it really comes down to. And then of course the the fun part of all of it is that um, not the fun part ironic, the horrific part the gun he was firing was a single action revolver. For those of you who don't know what a single action revolver is a single action revolver is a gun that you have to pull the hammer back, cock it if you will, and then pull the trigger. So you need to do Click and then bang. It's the only way you can fire the gun. Um, but this is from the uh, the Independent, independent.co.uk. Da investigating Alec Baldwin shooting. Da invest, yeah. Da investigating Alec Baldwin shooting knows who loaded that gun that who loaded gun that killed. Helena Hutchins. That's crazy. That's clickbaity like a mother. But let's go ahead and read it. The district attorney investigating the fatal shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's film, Rust, has confirmed that she knows who loaded the prop gun that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchinson. Here's the thing. They keep on saying prop gun. All right. So just so everybody knows what they mean by prop. All right. Everything on set is a prop. It is property of the production, okay? So just because they say prop gun, that doesn't mean fake gun. It means a gun that is property of the production. So I think that's very a very important distinction that we need to keep on hearing and remembering. It's a gun. It's a lo- It was a loaded gun. It was a real gun. And it killed somebody because the most important rule of firearms was not followed the first rule to always treat a gun. Like it's loaded. If you were to treat, if Alec Baldwin would have treated that gun like a, like it was loaded, which it was, then this would have never happened. I mean, but let's read on independent reporting. Um, apparently, on Good Morning America on Wednesday, uh, Mary, uh, Mar- Carmack Alt- Mary Carmack Altwees? Mary Carmack Altwees? 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 We're going to call her Mary. Mary Mack provided an update on the deadly shooting that sent shockwaves through Hollywood. Um, Mary Mack said she knew who loaded the gun that Baldwin discharged while rehearsing on set, but declined to comment further on the subject. Baldwin believes the Baldwin believed the gun was, quote, cold, meaning it contained blank rounds and was safe for use. During the interview, uh, Mary Mack also refused refuted claims of sabotage by a disgruntled, disgruntled crew member. So there you go. So she's saying that there was not a disgruntled crew member. Let's see here. Last week, an attorney for Rust, for Rust Armourer, uh, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, alleged that someone had placed a live round in a box of dummy rounds with the purpose of, quote, sabotaging the set of the, f- the, set of the film. Uh, Miss Gutierrez-Reed is one of the four people who handled, that, handled the gun that killed Hutchinson, making her the f- a focus of the investigation. The armorer has claimed that she, had, that she loaded the gun from a box of rounds labeled Dummy. Yeah, it seems like the only dummy here might have been the person who reached in and grabbed dummy rounds, uh, indicating they were blank rounds. On October twenty on twenty one October, Mister Baldwin accidentally misfired a prop gun that killed forty. Now, I'm going to stop real quick. It was not a misfire. He did not accidentally misfire. A misfire, as I said before. The definition of a misfire is that when you pull the trigger, the hammer comes down and the gun does not fire. It's a misfire. All right. And you do not act. He did not accidentally misfire. He negligently pulled the trigger. And that is what happened. He pulled the trigger. It's called a negligent discharge. All right. And I know the other day I might have been uh, looking for the word, but it is. It's called a negligent discharge. That is where you pull the gun. That is where you are pointing the gun in an unsafe area. You have your freaking dirty booger hook on the trigger and it goes off. I think there was a uh, a football NFL player who negligently discharged into his own thigh. Why? Because he reached into his sweatpants for his gun First thing he did, put his finger on the trigger. I know women who carry guns in their purse, just in there with, like, the lip gloss and shit. But they're able to reach in, pull it out, and never have it go off. This jack wagon reached into his sweatpants, almost shot his dick off. But I digress, and we continue. Um, So we're not going to say accidentally misfired a prop gun. No, he negligently discharged a gun so a little editorialization from me. So let's let's restart this chat this this paragraph here. On 21 October, Mr. Baldwin negligently discharged a firearm that killed 42-year-old cinematographer Hutchinson and wounded the film's director, Mr. Joel Souza. While discussing the case on Wednesday, uh, Mary Mac said, "Quote I know that some defense attorneys have come up with conspiracy theories and have used the word sabotage. We do not have any proof. She added that the prosecution does not have the same information defense attorneys do until it is made available to investigate. Oh, sorry. Until it is made available to investigating authorities, quote, it doesn't play into the decision making process. Uh, where's my. The DA also said that she was aware more live rounds were found on set, in addition to the bullet that claimed Hutchinson's life, but did not reveal the exact number. She admitted that the question of how live rounds made their way onto the set remains one of the most important factors quote, going into charging decision. Yes, that is very important. And there were ale- reports that there was allegedly target practice going on in between, you know, shooting, filming, sorry. Unfortunate choice of words. Uh, Miss Mary Merrimack explained, quote, it's probably more important to focus on what led up to the shooting because the moment of the sh- because the moment of the shooting we know that at least Mr. Baldwin had no idea the gun was loaded. So it's more how did the gun get loaded? What level of failure happened and where those levels of failure Sorry, were those levels of failure criminal? She also denied the claim that rust Assistant Director David Hall did not handle the prop gun on the day of the shooting. It has been reported that Mr. Hall signaled that the gun was quote cold and handed it to Baldwin after grabbing it off the prop cart. Yes, that does yes, that does seem to be the case. Miss Mary Mack confirmed when asked if Mr. Hall was the person who gave the 64 year old actor the gun. But Mr. Hall's attorney, um, Lisa Taraku, had told Fox News on 1 November that absolutely did not happen. She had, she had added. That it was not the assistant director's responsibility to check the gun. If you choose to check the firearm because he wants to make sure everyone's safe, he can do that. But that is not his responsibility, said Miss Taracco. So everyone's trying to get away from uh, being responsible for this.
1: Wasn't me. Nope,
0: wasn't me. Uh, Mr. Hall was fired from 20 from the 2019 film Freedom's Path when a prop gun, quote, unexpectedly discharged on set, injuring uh, a sound technician. He was previously said he has previously said that he did not check all the rounds in the gun barrel before handing it to Baldwin. The D.A. concluded that the investigation into the shooting is still under underway, adding that her office had not ruled out pressing charges yet. So there you go. There is there's so much here with this and so many things wrong with what happened. And everyone's passing the buck as one would. When someone gets shot. I mean, if you didn't pass the buck, you're a fucking moron. The only person here that keeps on screwing all this up is, is Alec Baldwin. Keep on tweeting the stuff. Here's the thing. The prosecutor, I can, I bet you the process if the prosecutor has two brain cells to rub together, you just got one person dedicated to Alec Baldwin's like, news feed, news feed, Twitter feed. There you go. Social media. And they're just watching it. Taking screen grabs. Because here's what's messed up. Social media is just like your garbage. Once you put it out on the street, it's no longer yours. It's the world's. You didn't want it. You've discarded it. You've put it out there. That's what social media is. Now remember, boys and girls, here at the Half-Baked Treehouse, we make our opinions, well, pretty well known. And I watched everyone to challenge them. Ask questions. Don't take my word for it. But it's very important that we understand that once you put it out there in the ether, it's there for everyone to consume. It's there for anyone to take, put in their pocket. Save it for later. Um, wise man once said, the internet's written in pen. Sure, you can put some white out on it. You can crinkle up the paper, throw it in the trash. But until someone actually burns down the internet, it's out there. Someone's going to find it. Even when you hit the delete on that tweet, somebody might be able to find it. I think there's the Wayback Machine. There's different places that stuff's archived. So like I said, the internet is written in pen. So think about that before you let that tweet go, before you put up that Facebook post. I know I don't. Heck, I'm here with a microphone just letting the stream of consciousness go out into the ether hoping that someone might find it interesting, hoping that I don't say anything that might get me canceled. And guess what? I don't care. Come at me, bro. I always tell everybody that all the time. It's like, God, I hope this doesn't make me famous. God, I hope nothing makes me famous. It's just the world we live in. People are getting canceled. Heck, people are pre-canceling themselves. I think uh, one of the act, one of month... Monty Python actors uh, canceled himself for uh, playing, I think he played uh, Hitler in something. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to pre-cancel myself right now. I was supposed to do this uh, uh, lecture and Q&A at this uh, university. And this guy over here got canceled for playing Hitler. You know what? I'm just going to do it ahead of time. Hey, guys, I played Hitler. Uh, I'm just going to not be here. Too bad. And that's sad. Because it's comedy and all of these things and, and just kind of everything that was out there in the world is, is kind of going away. And I don't know where it's going. I don't know that it's a better thing. Not all progress is good. And not all good things are progress. It felt a little circuitous, as it were. But listen, we're gonna take a break here in the ha- quick break here in the half-baked treehouse. I need to um, refresh my coffee. Maybe turn on a heater. It's getting a little chilly now. Getting into the uh, second, third, if if you will, of uh, of November, Movember, and uh, it's getting chilly. If we're gonna review a movie I haven't seen in a very long time. I, I was just thinking about John Candy for whatever reason. Someone brought him up, and I was like, you know what I haven't seen in a long time? Great Outdoors. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie. And if you haven't seen it, you should. But we're going to talk about it. Spoiler warnings, if you will. John Candy, the late, the great. I always said, you know, there's there certain people I, I don't want to live in a world without them. That's one of them. For those of you who don't know who John Candy was, Jesus. Prolific actor, comedy actor, big man. Um, if you ever watched, I mean, let's be real. John Candy, um, probably best known. I'm trying to think of what what would be his, his, for me it was, uh, oh, Cool Runnings. Obviously the Great Outdoors, because that's what we're going to talk about. Um... Uncle Buck. That was another one. I'm just naming these off the top of my head, but let's go ahead and go to his IMDB. What's what is his top bill here? That's what I need to know. Oh, that's not what I wanted. Let's see here, John Candy, I M D B. Why am I not able to find it? Stripes. Never saw that. It's definitely a Home Alone? John Candy was not in Home Alone. He was in Home Alone. That is right. Holy crap. I forgot. So he was in two movies with, uh, I mean, technically, even though he was never in it, I don't think he was in a scene with uh, um, Macaulay Culkin. There you go. You learn something new every day. Like I said, I'm trying to get to his stupid IMDb, but I can't find. It's not here for some reason. I got his Wikipedia. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Let's see here. Trains, planes, and automobiles. Spaceballs. Man, listen, everybody. If you've not seen Spaceballs, you need to. Mel Brooks. Um, you know, one of those just regular, you know straightforward parody movies back when it wasn't about being gross and egregious it was about being fine parody of culture i think is the best way to put it that's what uh, mel brooks was able to find um of course some you know uh what's it called uh poopy humor but uh maybe one day i'm going to watch you know one of these i'm going to watch it with the kids, I'm gonna have uh, Mr. P- Mr. Peanut come in, and we're gonna talk about that one. But right now, great outdoors. So watch that today. We had a half day at work for the Veterans Day. Should have probably acknowledged that up top. You know what? Since I since I mentioned it now, let's put a pin in the great outdoors and Veterans Day. That's right. Um. I I do my best when I find out uh, someone has uh, served in the military to say, Hey, thank you for your service. Appreciate, you know, um, regardless of that, because b- regardless of your opinion of the, mi- of the uh, military industrial complex, the government or these United States, um, I, if you cannot acknowledge what, uh, what these soldiers, these warriors, the uh, the airmen, the uh, sailors, and the soldiers, what they do to um, protect, to, to help protect uh, what we know as, what we know here is normal. All right? If you at least can't appreciate that, or you can at least appreciate what they do. Because let's be totally honest, love or hate America, love or hate where you are, love or hate the situation that you're in. Um, it could always be worse. And at the very least, if you can't acknowledge that, then I don't even know what kind of conversation we're having. But like I said, whether you um, whether you agree with what is what, what the United States does, um, you can at least appreciate what the men and women in uniform are willing to uh, sacrifice to put themselves in harm's way for not these United States for but for the American people. So, like I said, um, Memorial Day is meant to commemorate the people who didn't, ma- who made the ultimate stack, made the ultimate sacrifice for um, for the American people. But um, we cannot forget to remember, to thank the veterans that have uh, come back, have made it back, and were willing to make that sacrifice. And um, if you were in the military and some administrative duty, then uh, just, you know, when I say thank you for your service or, you know, when I say, hey, I I appreciate, I thank you for your service. If if you were just a, you know, a clerk in Germany or Hawaii or Japan, um, just keep that to yourself. Yes, keep that to yourself. And also, I really like, uh, you know, uh, talking to those, the old timers. Because sometimes, the fun part with those guys sometimes, sometimes, uh, they're a little bit senile, and uh, they might tell you a story that will make no sense. And I fucking love it be totally honest with you 100 i'm keeping it 100 here and the reason why i fucking love it is because they fucking because they light up and someone's willing to listen to them and they light up and it's a good feeling just to see someone light up for a Something that you would uh, otherwise not think nothing of. And sometimes we got to look for those moments. Just that we can, like I said, thank the people who are willing to, thank the people who made it back, willing to um, make that ultimate sacrifice for the, for the, for the American people, for the people here in America, not for the government, but for the people. So just kind of, so I guess that's the only thing, is just that I always, I, I did not want to forget to acknowledge those people. Also, Dougie, um, yeah. I'm just going to give him a moment of silence, let that sink in, because yeah, he's one of those guys. It's cool though, dog. But anyway, sorry. Back to The Great Outdoors. So real quick, John Candy, let's go to John Candy real quick, died too soon, but he was also massively overweight, like a lot. And he, I think he died of a heart attack, like straight, just fucking his heart couldn't do it because he was a big man. He was, that was, and that's the thing though, is was like back then there weren't very many big, like big dudes that were actors like that big. Uh, in that era, I know John Candy, um, oh, I've already exerted way too much, talking about the veterans just took way too much brain power from me, and now I can't think of all the fat actors. Like, now there's like so many of them, you can't even, you, you don't even think about it. Um, oh man, I'm just blanking on his name. Holy crap. I'm going to Google right now. Fat Actors. Hey, there you go. I get Fat A Actors. Uh, Let's see here. 50 Top. Let's see here. His name has to be in here, right? But, oh, man. They're not going to give me a lit. Oh, they're going to do one of these? All right. Um That's not what I wanted. These are not f- successful obese Oh no, that's not what I wanted. I was like most successful obese Americans. What? I was like I don't know who any of these people are. Oh, they're not celebrities. Fat celebrities. Let's see here scrolling who is this? <coughs> Was it Jumbo Jessica Simpson? No, I don't want to see like celebrities that got fat. Like, I'm looking for celebrities that were famously fat. I don't know who you are. Apparently, snappy ladies. Oh, this chick. Yeah. The fucking, uh, the, the, oh man. Johnny Sack's wife. Yeah, she was a, that woman was a large woman. But see, that's the thing too is like back to find, to have a couple of, Big people was always crazy because she was the only, well, I mean, mob wives, I guess, but she was the only large w- woman in the show. And then like literally right underneath her is freaking, uh, 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 god what's his, the gay one. Oh man. Drawing a blank on him. Nope. 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 I'm just going to keep on scrolling. There's just too many of them like, man, but they're just doing like, these are only like people who got fat. Oh, here we go. Fat Joe, Artie Lang. Yeah, he's famously fat. Roseanne Barr. Orson Welles. See, here's the thing. By today's stand, I'm looking at a picture of Orson Welles. All right, Orson Welles, uh, actor from way back when. Uh, I think the last thing he did might have been... the voice, like one of the voices in in a Transformers animated movie, and that was, uh, man, like if you don't know Orson Welles, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to, uh, you're gonna have to just look it up, and just look at his body of work. That's all I can really say, and honestly, I'm just trying to buy time so I could try to find who the hell this actor is that I'm looking for. And I'm not doing it for whatever reason. It's just not come. Red state. He was in red state. There we go. Wow. I knew it was another John, and if I would, and I was, wow. So it was John Goodman and John Candy. John Candy was um, he went too soon. And he was a, I would say in terms of if, but they were the only two at the time I think that were like big that were you know big guy stars. I mean John Goodman was mostly uh, uh, in, oh, Roseanne. Speaking of Roseanne Barr, yeah, John Goodman was. uh, That's Danny. Dan Connor. That's why it was messed up. Because I wanted to I, for some reason I wanted to call him Dan. I was like, Dan didn't feel right. And that's why, because he was Dan Connor. Married to Roseanne Connor. Which was a very what? You know what? Not going down that road. Why am I doing this? We're talking about the great outdoors, Jesus. Hey, someone keep me on track, guys. I can't do this all night. Actually, I probably could. But if you're just joining us, we're here in the Half-Baked Treehouse. I'm still your host, The Manic Mustache. We're talking about the great outdoors. Well, we started to. Went off on a bunny trail. I apologize, everybody. But where were we with one John Candy... His, uh, four, his uh, four top billings they're giving him as uh, trains, planes, and automobiles. That is a movie I think I might have seen once. Uh, then Spaceballs. Like I said, we're going to watch that with a kid. And uh, we're going to see what they think. The Blues Brothers. That's another movie. I haven't seen it. Will I see it? I don't know. And then Uncle Buck. That's where he was uh, with... Uh, he was Uncle Buck. He was supposed to be babysitting the kids or something. That's a fun movie. God, he was in a lot of good movies. But yeah, that was one. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be totally honest with y'all, and I don't think I've told—I don't think I've ever told this to anybody. And I feel like now that I just saw this, I might actually be modeling my uh, my uncleness as uncle buck just a little bit and it's scary cuz i'm going to end up being that that I'm, i don't want to be uncle buck not that i don't not that i'm not uncle buck but that i don't want to be oh man well this got this got cathartic real quick Ugh. but where were we oh that's right uncle uh, no great outdoors that was before Uncle Buck. Right here. The Great Outdoors. Now, that is a movie, ladies and gentlemen, that um if you have... It's definitely a movie that you have to see it at the right time. Because it's not... I don't know. Like, I think it is a good movie. I really like it. I'd almost say I love it. But, um... Even now, when I saw it today, I don't know how. Hmm. Like, I still just. And I'm kind of sad that the that uh, it, I only watched it by myself today because everyone else had to go do stuff. And um, this is one I wanted. I wanted to see see it when they were seeing it. See if I don't. Um, Definitely want to know if this was one of those movies that I just saw it at the right time. Because Goonies, I know for a fact that, um, not a good movie. Watched it the other day with the kids, and I was like, oh, Like, this, this, like, not good. But back to, well, back, sorry, back to the great outdoors. For those of you who have not seen the moon, let me give you a quick synopsis of this. This is, uh, give you a little thumbnail view. Let's see here. So the, uh. Oh man, so cold my nose. So this is uh, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy. Uh, they're in this movie with um, Annette Bening and uh, Stephanie Ferrasi. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's let blonde. She's the blonde mom. She's the mom that's blonde. And. uh and everything from the nineties and eighties. God, I'm trying to think of what else she was in. I think she might have been in like Hocus Pocus for some reason. I remember I don't I remember her in that for some like I remember seeing her for some reason. I could be totally wrong, I could be totally racist. But I also have seen Hocus Pocus way too many times. Oh man. Yeah, so don't do that. Don't don't watch Hocus Pocus too many times. Don't do that. But like I said, The Great Outdoors, it's a fun movie for the family. Uh, there's enough adult jokes in there that the joke is, at least in my mind, is that uh, it goes over your kids' heads. So, yeah. Uh, but like I said, um, The Great Outdoors, good movie, must watch. How'd I get there? John Candy. But here we go. It's real simple. John Candy's taking his family. Here's the thing. You know what? I'm going to go off on another tirade, if you will, about life and, no, cinema. Cinema. John Candy always had a hot wife. If he had a wife, she was hot. If it was if 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 he was uh, trying to get the girl, she was hot. That was one hundred. Just it gave, I think it gave too many fat guys too much hope. Or just like God, what is his name now? What is that asshole? Uh that one sad kid. You know what? I'm not mad about I'm not getting mad about nothing. Alright, sorry guys. Totally off topic. I promised we we're just gonna talk about the great outdoors. So we are. Alright. So basically, um John Candy's taking his family like out to this cabin. And, um, he's got the kid Buck. And, um, I think Buck was the one, yeah, Buck, he was, uh, Buck was trying to fuck, to be real. And, uh, so then, uh, let's see here. Then Dan Aykroyd, he's like the big money guy. He's like the, uh, what's it called, uh. He's, um, God, what, I don't even remember what he did. Why am I drawing a blank on that? It's been a long freaking day. Actually, the searching for cats. And uh, probably should have left the uh, veterans talk for later, because like I said, that's just uh, emotionally draining. Whatnot. You know what? Let's just read the movie synopsis here, movie information. And like I said, it, a lot of weird stuff happens, It's but it's fun. You enjoy it. The kids laugh you laugh but um basically john candy with his wife brings the family up to the cabin homies just like hey we thought we'd stop in and you know visit and uh, just kind of fucks out off everything and as long as you can get past the premise where you're like hey bro kick fucking rocks but some fun stuff happens my favorite one was the bat and I hate fucking even thinking about it. And then the bear fucking bear, man. But, uh, yeah, Chuck uh, and then Chuck gets a hot chick. You know, he gets that summer chick because he I mean, he's looking at his dad. He's going, man, if my old man can can. I mean, I guess mom's not fat, I guess. I don't know. But then was he fat when he met her? Has he always been a big dude? Like, that's how he got her, because she was a chubby chaser. And back then, there wasn't very many fat guys. Because like I said, it was basically John Candy and John Goodman. That was it. And then Chris Farley came along, too. But I think John Goodman, because he lost all that weight and shit. and And here's the thing. John Goodman wasn't even really that fat. John Candy was the only guy that was really fat. It was him and like uh the one dude with the buck teeth but he never really did anything. Oh man. But Louie Anderson. All right, I don't care about him. I care about the great outdoors. But yeah, there's the bear. Um there was just a lot of a lot of good time. Ooh. The fucking cr- the steak. Every the steak uh uh Scene. that one was a rough that ate the whole and the baked potato the baked potato i always remember eating those things they had that uh truck stops growing up you know if you eat this whole thing you get your picture taken and uh one place had the uh it was uh two racks of ribs yeah it was two racks of ribs and uh, if one person can eat them, and it was just kind of a little thing that they would do, and there was actually a wall for them, and, but it was uh, it was a lot of meat. Back when ribs had meat, but, uh, no, these were pork ribs. No, they were beef ribs with meat on them. Like, it wasn't what you get now. No, beef ribs, and they were fucking, they were actually pretty fucking good. They were just baked dough with some barbecue sauce on it. Get down on it. I uh, almost fin. I actually almost finished them. When I was uh, nine years old, no, sorry, uh, about 11. Yeah, almost did that. And they gave it to us free anyway, but they, they took a picture, but my dad finished it. It was, I don't know why I even tried that. An 11-year-old, but I almost did it. Funny thing is, after that point, when we go back to that place, I'd order ribs, and they just keep on bringing them. Just because, like, man, this kid's got a hollow leg. And I'm like, yes, I do. But uh, John Candy had to eat the steak. That was the, the giant, just a big-ass piece of meat for no reason. I don't even know what that... I, just It was just a big-ass, like a leg roast, I guess is the best way to describe it. But it was actually kind of cooked almost good. I mean, I would have definitely got down on a piece of that meat. No homo. And I think with that homophobic remark, I'm going to say... Great outdoors. Please watch it with the family. If you haven't seen it, well, I guess you might not like it. But the kids will. And I found that out with uh, major pain. Never saw the movie. Saw it with, uh, with with the nephew and the niece, and I enjoyed it because they enjoyed it. Is that weird? Because otherwise except for the one dude that took me out of the movie the whole time because he was like 35, supposed to be in high school. He's that one dude from all those movies where he's got like a 5 o'clock shadow, but he's supposed to be like, you know, 16. And I wouldn't mind the 5 o'clock shadow except that, you know, he's got the sunken eyes, crow's feet, and the only reason he got the part, he was like Mickey Rooney. And I don't know who that guy is, but he was in major pain. That really kind of, as long as I just kind of pretended like that wasn't a thing, the movie was fun, I guess. That is The Great Outdoors. But for an older generation, my generation, and this generation's got a close-up shop. I just wanted to have fun and pontificate about a movie that I really enjoyed, The Great Outdoors. And um, like I said, for me, it's 8 out of 10. Thumbs up. All day, every day. If you don't enjoy it, well, you might be dead inside. Let's be totally honest. So, we're going to take an extendo break. For all you dark hearts out there, I'm the Manic Mustache from the Half-Baked Treehouse reminding you that I am a gorilla. Love yourself. Good night, everybody.